The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is uh, Kelly Riggs uh, coming to you from another distant location. Last week, Beantown, the city of Boston, was uh, the location for our program. This week, we're in Las Vegas, so we switch coasts, move to the west side of the country to bring you the business locker room. Hey, thanks for joining us. This is the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business performance beginning today, and it is great to have you on board. First things first, make sure you check out the website. You can keep up with us, new guests, old shows, listen to podcasts, all of those kinds of things, and look at our show notes as well. Find that at bizlockerroom.com, and encourage you always uh, to send me a message, uh, and I will get messages to others as well, including Miles Austin. Miles will uh, join us later for the X's and O's segment. We'll continue our conversation about video. Uh, great stuff coming from Miles today and a resource page up on the website. We'll tell you more about that. But send me a message, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at bizlockerroom.com. Always welcome your comments, ideas about guests, and your feedback about the content. And it just gets better and better all the time. It's uh, really interesting as we as we look at what's on tap. There's... Uh, great shows coming down the road. Next week, we'll have a gentleman by the name of Andy Paul on board. He is with Zero Time Selling. He's got a brand-new book out, and he'll be joined uh, in that show as well by Sylvia Montgomery from Hinge Marketing. We'll talk sales and marketing next week. Week after that, uh, Bill Cates will come in. He is the referral coach. And if you're in sales or you drive business through referrals or would like to, this is going to be a fantastic show. And, again, it just gets better and better as we go throughout the remainder of the year. And a great show lined up for you today as well, introduced and networked into a gentleman by the name of Stephen Gaffney, one of the leading experts on open communication inside the workplace. And we're going to have a lot of good stuff for you today. So grab a notebook. Make sure you're sitting down someplace where you can take notes, write down some ideas, because you're going to get a lot that you can take with you uh, from this particular show, I can assure you. You know, it, it, I have yet to meet the organization of any size or complexity that does not struggle with communication problems. So we're going to look at some of those. My guest today is uh, the owner and uh, namesake of StephenGaffney.com, the Stephen Gaffney companies, and he is a uh, one of the leading 
experts in the field of communication in the workplace. He's written five books, Just Be Honest, Honesty Works, Honesty Sells, and we're going to talk about selling today in communication. Also, Guide to Increasing Communication Flow Up, Down, and Across Your Organization, as well as 21 Rules for Delivering Difficult Messages. But he's got a brand new book releasing this month. It is entitled Be a Change Champion, 10 Factors for Sustaining the Boom and Avoiding the Bust of Change should come out this month. We'll find out uh, from Stephen. He's worked with Fortune 500 companies, federal government, United States military, you name it. He has been up and down the board and worked with some fantastic organizations. And he's uh, been featured on major media networks as well. I've had the opportunity to see some of those interviews, and uh, he's fantastic. He's going to be fantastic on this show Stephen Gaffney, it is great to have you on board. Thanks for joining us in the business locker room. Thanks for having me. Well, I tell you, I, have, uh, I, I get excited about all of the shows that I do, but uh, this one in particular grabs me because, uh, as you and I discussed uh, earlier, there, there is, uh, communication is such a fundamental cornerstone of any organization all the way down to just two people. And, you know, it, it creates such issues as you begin to add more people, the complexities that evolve from that. You've made that your life's calling. You're the foremost expert in open and honest communication in the workplace. Give me a sense of how you got to where you are today. Give me the cliff notes. Well, the cliff notes is a while back I was uh, actually, in, well, I guess about 20 years now, I was an agent for film and radio commercial directors, and then I started doing seminars for photographers and illustrators, and, and then basically a graphic designer. She attended a session, and she went home to her husband who worked for IBM and told him about my work, and the rest is history. And here you are today. How long has Stephen Gaffney Company been an entity? About 20 years now. 20 years. Well, uh, clearly, you're very, very good at what you do, and I, I've got a list of questions and ideas of topics to talk about as long as both of our, our, our arms, that's hard to say, and we talk about communication, but uh, I'm going to try to focus in on some very specific things, but before we do that, I know that uh, you have an interest in spreading the good word, and uh, you, you have uh, talked to me about uh, making free books available, so let's get that started, and then we'll hit it again before we leave, but you've got an ebook you'd like to give away. Tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely, but let me ask you a question, Kelly. Is there an echo with the, uh, for some reason I'm getting an echo in the message. I don't know if the, if you're getting that as well. Uh, I don't. I, I am not getting it personally. I know it can be aggravating okay. to have an echo when you're online, so or when you're on you know on the air. So we'll just deal with it. But I just wanted to make sure it was okay. Okay, so very good. The, I'm going to give away an ebook. Uh, just be honest, my very first book. So to anybody who actually goes out and uses the strategy. We, talk about. So anybody who's listening, if you go out and use the strategies, I'm going to send you an ebook um, uh, uh, on the on Just Be Honest. Okay, great. Uh, and that was one of your very popular books. Absolutely free to you folks. All you have to do is uh, contact myself or Stephen Gaffney. We'll tell you about that later in the show. Let's get started on communication. So many things to talk about. You have a recent uh, blog that you talked about listening from a position that we don't know. And, and your point is, is that we're always listening from a position that we already know, and that leads us down some inevitable paths where we make some very critical mistakes. Talk about the idea of listening from a position that we don't know. What does that look like? Well, before I even get there, let me just say kind of the biggest issue when it comes to communication. The number one problem is actually a lack of truthful communication. And when I say truthful communication, most people think I'm going to go down the path of truth or lies. But really, the big problem is not what people say. It's actually what they do not say to each other. So the key thing is to get that unsaid said. So 
How do you get people to share more? Well, the very first thing is to show them that you'll really listen to them and that you will honor that you'll listen to them from a position that we do not know. If you think about it, have you ever thought, well, you know, I'd like to tell somebody something, but you know what, they're not going to listen to me. <laughs> and you think to yourself, the reason is, is because I've told them before they haven't moved on it or they didn't do anything with that information or they start debating me. So why go down that path? So it's easy to say we need to listen, but the key is to listen from a position that we do not know. Now, sometimes somebody might say to me, well, how in the world does that happen? Well, it's easy. Have you ever said to somebody, listen, I want to hear your feedback? And then they give you feedback you don't like, and then you get all defensive. <laughs> right. Pretty soon they're going away and saying, ah, oh, forget this. You know, so the idea is to listen from a position that we do not know, but the, the mindset that we have to have is that are we really open and do we want to hear that truthful communication? Because when it all comes down to it, the number one problem in the workplace is lack of open, honest communication. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, it and, again, you're, when you begin to talk about multiple people, it's you can have two or three people that are open and honest and willing to have that conversation, but it only takes one. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Well, in what way? What would be a good example of that, Kelly? Well, for instance, if, if, we've, if we've built an organization in which we've created this atmosphere of trust and transparency and openness, you know, maybe it's a pretty small company, and, uh, we, you know, we bring, we're growing. We bring in a couple of new people uh, into the organization, and yet they're bringing their filters and their baggage and their bias into the organization, and they have not yet caught up with the culture. Perhaps we didn't vet them well uh, for the culture, and uh, yet they're not willing to, to bring that truthful sense of communication and being transparent. How, how do you deal with a situation where you're trying to integrate someone into a culture like that? Well, you bring up a really great point. First, the easiest step is to hire right. Sure. And so why don't people hire right? And that has a lot to do with the way they interview. And somebody might say, well, how can you detect whether they will be open, honest, or not? Well, you start asking situational questions. And I've advised as many to do that I've advised many uh, companies to take on. And, but here's one. You ask the person, when, in your previous job when you disagreed with your boss, how did you handle that? Now, what you're looking for is how they responded. Did they come back and offer another idea? Did they get shut down? Did they get uh, rebellious? How did they act? And what you can do to probe further is when was a lot, when you, or actually, here's a good question, is to say to somebody, if I, when, you had, when you had an idea for a project and you proposed it to your boss and your boss said no, how did you react? See, what you're looking for is whether the person is going to push forward, whether they'll be vocal to share those ideas. Because remember, the number one problem is lack of open, honest communication. But what I really mean by that is it's not what people say that's the problem. It's what they do not say. So you want to make sure that you have employees that are not going to surprise you and blindside you by issues that they should have let you know about earlier. Because that's the big worry. I, or, you know, I work with a lot of executives, and what plagues them, what worries them, is whether they're going to have a surprise on their hands. I mean, look at what happened with GM and the ignition switch. Sure. That's a huge problem. But here's the issue. The question is, that information about that ignition switch already existed in GM, but it wasn't bubbled up to the right people, or it was heard by some people. They, weren't moved for, they didn't move forward on it. So here's my question I'd like people to entertain. What's a potential GM uh, ignition switch issue you got in your company that you don't even know about? Right. What a great question. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Stephen Gaffney is my guest, and you can find him online at stephengaffney.com. I'll get the spelling for you one time, G-A-F-F-N-E-Y. Stephen is with a V. stephengaffney.com, and find him on Twitter. You want to follow this gentleman. Trust me when I tell you, Stephen underscore Gaffney is his Twitter handle. Uh, Stephen, it's, that, that's really interesting because if, you, if we go all the way back to the Challenger accident with NASA, and then follow up with the Columbia accident in, uh, many years later. The Columbia Accident Investigation Board suggested that both of those particular disasters, which uh, you know, had significant impact across the board for the organization, the people involved, and even for the nation and, and their morale and their sense of, of spaceflight and so forth, really could boil all of that down to communication, whether it was the O-rings and the knowledge about the O-rings or the other you know, the sense in which there was damage on the leading edge of the wing with the Columbia uh, itself as it reentered orbit. It, it, is, it is amazing how a lack of communication can lead to, to significant disaster. Absolutely. In fact, you have to create a culture of open, honest communication. So we talked before about hiring right. But now what do you do within your organization? There's four key elements that you must establish to create that open, honest communication. And if you do so, it makes those types of situations less likely to happen. First is to have people be aware. Aware that the big problem is not what people say, it's what they don't say. In other words, what plagues us, what we should be worried about is lies of withholding. Mm-hmm. You know, people say to me, you know, yeah, well, if I didn't say anything, I didn't lie. Well, come on. <laughs> and if you had somebody ever withhold information and had you made an entirely different decision, how do you, do you feel? So the big thing is to be, make people aware of that as an issue. And, in fact, if you don't think that's a, still a big issue, consider this. There was a study done years ago that they reported that 91% of people lie regularly. 91%. I actually think the other 9% of the study lied. Because everybody lies. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm in Vegas, Stephen. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. Hey, let's take a quick timeout. We've got to pay the bills. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back on the other side. We'll continue with the list of items that uh, Stephen has begun. Stephen Gaffney, my guest, absolutely one of the leading experts on open, honest communication in the workforce. You want to stick around with us. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. I am Kelly Riggs, your host. You can find us at bizlockerroom.com. This is the show where we discuss real practical business tools and ideas that you can take back and begin to use right away. We're, we deal with management, leadership, sales, marketing, entrepreneurship, all different kinds of things, including our topic today with my guest, Stephen Gaffney. We're talking about communication in the workplace, so many different things and different ways to come at this particular topic. We're in the middle of talking about the four things that you must have for open and honest, truthful communication. And the first of those, Stephen, was to be aware. You said it's the things that we don't say that have to make it uh, into, the, into the conversation. Uh, where do we go from there? What are the other three? Well, let me just say this uh, about the awareness. This is a key element because a lot of people don't think this is an issue. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to an executive who wants to hire me, and he said, you know, I've heard about the great work, and but we don't have an honest communication uh, um, problem. And then when I share, look, the problem isn't what people say. It's actually what they're not saying. Are you getting surprised and blindsided? Suddenly they realize that's, an, that's a bigger issue than they realized, and in the end they find out it's a huge issue. It's not – and. And so awareness is key. Second step, though, is, to, is that leaders need to demonstrate certain behaviors and strategies that open, and, and that open up channels of communication. They want to actually demonstrate that they really want to hear it. So you might say, what's an example of this? Well, that's when a leader says, listen, we are open to your feedback. We want to hear your ideas. And then they never use those ideas. Right. That's a big problem. Right. <laughs> right. We, we, we want to know, but not really. I remember, I remember I was talking to this company, and he said, well, you know, we, we actually do use employees' ideas. And I said, okay, great. Well, how do you let them know when she used the ideas? And then there was no, they didn't say anything because they hadn't thought about that. They, so they were using the ideas, but they didn't let others know. And I worked with this uh, other leader. He changed the entire culture, and he got people to believe in things that he didn't think or that they didn't think was believable, only he did, by actually whenever he heard a good idea that um, reinforced certain goals that he wanted to hit, he broadcasted it over the entire organization. And then actually people started to believe that actually things could get achieved. So anyway, first is awareness. Second is we need to demonstrate certain behavior. But let me say one more thing about demonstration. Are you the person, and I'm just saying this out you know, rhetorically to folks, sure. are you the kind of person that um, when you hear something, you're going to say something? Are you going to be first? Uh, are you going to share it? I can't tell you how many times I've been brought into situations where trust has been broken because you know um, because companies have withheld information uh, to their employees, and of course, what that reinforces to the employee is don't say anything. So we need to demonstrate. And there's a lot of behaviors. We can go more in depth on that, but demonstration is the key. Um, third thing is you need to arm employees with a skill set to have open, honest communication. There are nine critical strategies to have open, honest communication. In other words, how do you plot out? How do you have that conversation? So somebody might be thinking right now, well, gosh, I really need to have a straightforward, upfront conversation with somebody, but they're not going to receive it well. How do I do it? That's a good question. You have to have certain keys and strategies to open up channels of communication. We can go into that more. And the fourth thing is we need to build in accountability and rewards for open, honest communication. You need to show people that we really do reward people when they tell us things that we don't always want to hear, but we're glad they said. So it's really important to develop that accountability and rewards for honesty. 
Well, you know, it's really interesting, Stephen, because you touched on it on point number two about demonstrating certain kinds of behaviors. The reality is, is many organizations suffer from communication issues because there are real trust problems inside of an organization, oftentimes not based on what people are saying or even not saying, but so many other things. I say one thing and do another. You know, my actions are not consistent with my words. Uh, it's the people I leave out of conversations. I act in, in certain ways that just lead people to believe in, inherently Uh, there's a lack of trust in the organization, and that's not something that you can fix right away, is it? Absolutely. In fact, first of all, trust is the foundation of all relationships, but then you have to think, how do you build trust? And you build trust by being having truthful, honest communication. So there's all this literature out there about building trust, but what they fail to realize, what's missing, is how do you have people have truthful communication? Because here's the thing. When, When you think about somebody you trust, you trust them that they're going to tell you the truth. That's what you're trusting them, and that's how you build trust. You never say, well, you don't really trust somebody, but they don't tell me anything. <laughs> they lie, but I trust them. I mean, it, of course, I'm being silly because it, it, it really was, it comes down to is the open, honest communication. So there's two things to consider here. One is the delivery of open, honest communication, but the other part is receiving open, honest communication. And it's really important that that's all done because trust is the foundation of, 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 of uh, you know, building relationships, of moving, of moving forward. It's got to happen. Yes. You know, I, I do a fair amount of strategic planning work with clients and I was relating a story earlier today with you as, as we talked about the show today. I had a particular client uh, that I was working with, and I'll never forget, I had a, about a dozen people in the room, executives in the room, and they were going on at one particular point in our process about the myriad number of communication issues they had. And so I stepped back and I let that run its course. And it took, uh, it was 45 minutes to an hour of nonstop. We don't communicate well. We have issues. We have problems and on and on and on. You could just feel the, the temperature rising and the uh, heartbeat racing and that kind of thing. So finally, I got all of that stopped and said, listen, what I'm hearing you say unequivocally is you've got huge communication problems. You know, not, nothing like a genius to restate the obvious. And they said, absolutely right. I said, here's my question. When are you going to fix the problem? And, Stephen, I had 12 people looking at me like I'd lost my mind. I mean, there's this sense many times that, listen, communication issues are are what they are. I mean, every organization has communication issues. And while that's true, it leads us down a path sometimes that, well, it's not really something you can fix. It's something you have to tolerate. But you don't buy into that, do you? Not at all, because I've, I've trans- helped organizations transform their culture, and pretty quick. Let me give you an example. Going back to this trust issue, right? So a lot of leadership teams, first of all, whenever you look at an organization and, and there's any problems, you always got to look at the leadership team. And it's not that it's their fault, like they're bad individuals. It's just that's really where the problem ensues. So when you have lack of openness, when there's trust issues, it's usually... I've found that one leader or several leaders don't trust each other. In other words, it's happening at the top. Now, the top could be in a big organization. It could be, you know, related to a particular business unit or area. It doesn't have to. I'm talking. I'm not talking necessarily at the C level. But right. what I am talking about is whatever the leadership of that organization or that team is having a problem. It comes from that you know, those leaders. So I've worked with organizations and I, I've developed a system called this reboot system, which is you get everybody to share what's going on and then you get then you teach them how to resolve the issue and then you resolve the issue. And suddenly in 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 a matter of just a short period of time, an organization can come from lack of trust 
too trustful because what you do is you coach them, you facilitate them to get the real issues out. And then what scares people is that, well, if I get the real issues out, what's going to happen? If you show them how to resolve it, then they actually have faith that if I bring it up, something good is going to happen. Because if you think about it, some of the reasons why people don't bring up things is because they think, you know, nothing's going to happen or they're worried that somebody's going to use that information against them. So what I found is, and I've worked with many leadership teams, that you, you can easily get them to trust. And I've had, I've worked with major dysfunctional teams mm-hmm. and it's, it still gets them to trust because once they start speaking the truth, good stuff happens. But that's what needs to happen. Not like a team building exercise where they're running around the building or climbing up a tree or something like that. Those are all nice and those are good things to do, but it is not going to solve problems when there's lack of trust. Not, and here's the reason why. Because you need to have the skill, we all need to have the skill set to actually how do you have those difficult, honest conversations. It has to happen. Well, you've referenced dysfunctional organizations a couple of times. Typically, dysfunctional organizations can simply have challenges in, in open, honest conversation. But at the same time, some dysfunctional organizations are dysfunctional because you have dysfunctional people. And, you know, there may not uh, be any way to get around some of the trust issues that exist there. What is a company to do if they identify people with whom uh, there's a feeling that we can't make progress? I mean, is it just simply a matter of letting them go and replacing them with people that, that you can get to that level of trust with? Well, it could be, but you know, I, I've done a lot of coaching and being a trusted advisor and, and, and work with people that they usually change. Cause here's the thing. Everybody is motivated to do whatever they're motivated to do. Now that sounds obvious, right. but here's the thing. When somebody is actually behaving badly somewhere in their head, they're thinking that's an advantage. But if you get them to realize how that actually shuts down people, it can tra- it can actually change that person. So I've worked with many people and I've come to believe that, you know, most people, just about everybody is good hearted. They mean well. They just sometimes do behaviors that really shuts other people down and hurts and doesn't or hurts people or doesn't go well. Now, somebody might say, well, aren't there evil people in the world? Well, of course, there sure. are evil people in the world. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Kelly, I've worked with literally thousands and thousands of people, and I've never had somebody come up to me and say, listen, listen I got to tell you something. Don't tell anybody, but I'm trying to screw it up here. Don't, don't tell anybody. Yeah, I don't want anybody on to me. Nobody's trying to screw things up. They're trying to do the best they can with what they know to have. So I've worked with people that have actually, you know, and, and you help them out. And sometimes somebody might say to me, and I've had this happen, well, how could a leader get to be a top or top of, you know, relatively top of an area or whatever, and they're behaving so badly? And that's because they've never been told that that behavior is not going to work. And they've rewarded people for the opposite. So, for example, if somebody's produced results and they've yelled at people, they've been very tough on people, they haven't really created that openness, but somehow they've been able to, through their talents and brilliance, actually produce results. They've been rewarded for that. Right. So what a company does is they, you know, they, they, um, you know, they uh, give them a, a higher position, but somewhere along the line, they get to a position where that behavior is no longer going to work. So my point in bringing this up is I really do believe, and, I, and I've worked with people that are just, you think, can't be changed, and they can be changed, but here's the thing that needs to happen. And I get brought into a lot of situations. My number one question when brought into a situation is, do they want to change, right? Because if they don't want to change, that's a very hard problem to solve. But if they do want to change and they're behaving really badly or it's not going well, they can be changed. And that is because ultimately when people really want to change, they're eager and, they, they'll, the, and there's certain strategies that can, and that can alter the, uh, the results and uh, actually produce what it's intended. That, that's a great point. I, I recall a particular director of engineering that I 
was counseling and coaching with, perhaps in the same sort of vein that you do. And the challenge here was a very brilliant man, very technically sound, and yet had significant problems up and down the organizational ladder with his peers, with his boss, with his employees, even with his own customers. And after several sessions with him, it was interesting because I, I asked him, I said, do you believe that I'm here to help you? And he said, absolutely I do. And I said, then I, I need to be very frank and very honest with you in the sense that you tell me that you want to improve, you want to improve these relationships, you want to get better. But frankly, the evidence does not support what you're telling me. And it creates a challenge. I mean, and that's what you're saying is when there's a lack of awareness, it's really hard to break through the barrier. I mean, some, at some point in time, somebody's got to be convinced that they actually are creating some of the problems. Yeah, so you raise a really good point. How do you do that? Well, here's what you do. Um, for, uh, the key is if, you, if everybody gets interviewed around them, and we have a, something called a 360 actionable survey mm-hmm. and analysis, but basically what we're doing is we're interviewing the people around them, and you put that in a report, and then you show the person, look, this is the result of what's happening, what people are perceiving you as, and it, they'll start to change. So you might say, and then someone might say, well, I've had 360s done before. Well, that's not exactly what I'm talking about, but let's go there for a moment. The reason why a lot of 360s don't tend to work is they don't ask when the person they're interviewing. So, right, if we're doing a 360 on you, Kelly, or me, or whatever, we're interviewing somebody. The key question is, you know, with strengths, weaknesses, all that good stuff. But, mm-hmm. but one of the key questions is, okay, what could Kelly, what could Stephen, or whoever, what could that person do differently that would change the way you would, uh, would work with them? What could they do that would move the needle? What could be done to really improve the situation? Because, see, everybody likes to complain. Oh, that leader, that person, isn't that great? And they, you know, they're not respectful of opinions or whatever the case may be. But what exactly could that person do? So let me give you a, a good case in point. I was brought in to deal with an executive. He was really powerful, very, very good guy. And fundamentally, he, when, he, um, when he got irritated, he would get quiet. So I interviewed him, and I said, you know, why do you get quiet? He said, because I don't want to shut down the room, you know. So I, I, I'm upset, but I don't want to, like, overtake the room. And so when we did this 360 analysis, we asked all this. We found out the data showed up that actually people picked up that he was pulling away. That was one problem. They already knew it. But then it actually impacted them that they felt shut down, too. And he wasn't aware of the cost of his behavior. Well, when I showed him the data, he was shocked. And here's the neat thing, Kelly. He changed. Wow. You know, what a shocker for some people to say, well, they changed. But, you know, because a lot of people will change when they realize the behavior. See, if you take somebody who's, let's say, a micromanager, the, re- the reason why they're micromanagers because down deep they think that's a good management strategy. So if you just tell them it's not a good management strategy, that's not going to move the needle. But if you show them exactly what they're doing, how it's impacting and the consequences, and you, and you show them what their peers are saying and what people below them and above them are saying, they'll change too. So a lot of really neat stuff happens with being aware, but it all comes back with having a truthful, upfront conversation because even in these 360s, when we're doing them, we have to get and probe so people will really tell the truth about that person that we're interviewing. So my whole point in this is if somebody's listening, they're saying, listen, I get, maybe it's my behavior, you know, do a version of a 360, call me and I'll try to help you, whatever it is, and give you some guidance on there. But the bottom line is, you can change. Do not settle with, oh, that's just the way I am. When people say, oh, that's just the way I am, it's a cop-out. Absolutely. You know, 
I've got to tell you one other thing that just makes me so irritated when people say, you can't change people. Really? Where would we be today if Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and the great leaders of our time said, you can't change people? You can change people as long as you do certain behaviors that actually really inspire change. And so great stuff can happen when we drop off these things that are cop-out statements and we take on that we can make a difference in this world. Yeah, that's great stuff. Great stuff from Stephen Gaffney. He is our guest as we talk communication. Find him at stephengaffney.com. We're long on this segment. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back for a short uh, rejoin with Stephen. We'll talk a little bit about some trends in the workplace that are leading us down some, some dangerous paths in terms of communication. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Uh, super deal. Great to have you back in the business locker room. It just doesn't get any better than our guest today, Stephen Gaffney. Lots of uh, good things going on, and we want to make mention uh, of an ebook giveaway that we uh, talked about just a little bit off the top. But uh, I, w- I want to spend a little bit of time that we have here, Stephen, talking about you've identified four trends that are happening in the workplace uh, that I want to explore in great detail in, in later shows. Tell me a little bit about those four trends and, and uh, just a brief explanation of how they're impacting the workplace. Absolutely. In fact, these are trends that people don't always realize, or they may realize to some degree, but they don't realize the extent. And it actually is what makes truthful, open, honest communication the number one skill set to master. First, is we, there's a trend, you know, basically what I call the age of self-righteousness. Age of self-righteousness. You know, what's interesting is people now can go to any news source that is of their political descent and actually get all their news from there. You know, it used to be old school. You know, I'm 51 years old, but it used to be, you know, you had the four major, you know, networks. Right. And they were, you know, people might say there was some bias or whatever, but they're relatively, you know, um, objective. 
And but now you can go to you know if you're on the political right, you can go to Fox. If you're political left, MSNBC. But here's the interesting thing: there's a lot, there's so many news sources. So what happens is people go to a website or whatever and get their news from something that actually has something that they already basically agree with. When I ask people, you know, how often do you read stuff that is counter to what you agree? People rarely read, uh, raise their hand. And something else to consider, you know, Google now, with all your searches, they start to predict the kind of information that you want to hear. So what's happening right now is actually there's an increase in polarization, and I call this the age of self-righteousness. So somebody might say, well, how does that deal with me? Well, what we have to realize as a company, as an organization, as a salesperson, as an entrepreneur, how are you dealing with the age of self-righteousness? How are you dealing with people that can be very positional? that actually can start off with, oh, yeah, we know what your company's about. They actually, because they did their own research and they came up with their own opinion. So the idea that we could shape the message is old school. Now we have to deal with this age of self-righteousness and we need to build strategies to actually deal with the elephant in the room. So we've got to bring up those issues, like the elephant in the room. Interesting. and, and And get those issues handled. That's one trend. You want me to just continue? Or you yeah, absolutely. Me? You know, because we don't have a lot of time. But I find that one interesting. We could spend a lot of time with that. I, I particularly see that as a challenge uh, with salespeople because people's perception of, of the product or the company or whatever, I mean, that's something you're going to have to overcome if you're going to be successful. Absolutely. It deals with the second trend, the age of shieldless global transparency. Shieldless global transparency. Let me talk about that for a moment. Transparency. First of all, privacy is basically going out the door, right? People are all protected about their privacy. But the reality is we can find out so much about any individual. Now, there's also some misinformation, true to be said, but the idea of that we're going to be able to manage the message. So as a company, as an individual, and we're going to manage the company message is just old school. People find out the truth. It just and so how are we going to deal with it? So here's the thing: when there's something bad that's happening within your organization, we all make mistakes. You want to be the first one to bring it up because it's old school to say, "Well, you know what? They'll never find out." In the end, they will find out. So what we want to do is deal with things accordingly, and that's about uh, you know that about how transparent. The other thing about why I say global, the global part is we're global now. Right now, you, I, we're global. Right. You know, you're on the internet. Anybody can reach us. Absolutely. Which deals with the shieldless part. So the shieldless global transparency, the shieldless part is this. You know, you, we don't have any shields. You can get to anybody. You know, it used to be with that before email and this kind of stuff and all the other um, technology that's developed over the past, you know, 20 years or so, um, that, you know, you, it would hard, be hard to get to an executive. It would be hard to get to somebody. But now you can find out their email and you can send them a message directly. So the question that we need to ask ourselves with shieldless global transparency is how are we dealing with the truth? Are we actually still old school and restricting information? Or are we actually um, dealing with this a lot better? And how are we getting our message out there? Because you want to be the first out of the gate, which deals with the next trend, which is the age of now. (laughs) The age of now. People want things now. Yeah, absolutely. Not, Not tomorrow, the next day. It's now. So here's the thing. What it's... We have to go faster than we ever have. Well, the only way you can really go faster, maybe not the only way, but one key way to go faster is you've got to be told the truth, right? As a company, as an individual, if people are slower to give you the truth, first it's old school, but let's say that's happening, then it makes you slower to deal with things. Here's an easy way to um, uh, tee this up. One of my favorite examples. If a competitor can get something out the door in three meetings, but you take 10 meetings to get something out the door, they're going to win. Because even if that three-meeting solution 
isn't the best solution. They're already building on that and modifying it. But if you take 10 meetings, and somebody might say, well, why would something take 10 meetings? Because have you ever been to a meeting that nothing is getting accomplished, or people just sharing a whole bunch of opinions, but they don't tell the truth? Or they share opinions, they do share the truth, (laughs) but nothing gets resolved, so it drags on. I mean, have you ever sat through a meeting, you're thinking, this is horrible. Or one of my favorite examples, you ever walk out of a meeting and thought, what was the purpose of that meeting? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So the age of now, and the final one is the age of relationships, the age of relationships. So what's your return on relationships? Here's the thing I found out and I've kind of uncovered is that there, things take, um, the bigger the goals, the more people that are needed, right? So companies make more money, things are um, more complex, a lot of things are happening. So you need more people. You need relationships. So how are we managing the relationships? Well, going back to my earlier point, the fundamental um, foundation of all relationships essentially is trust. And how you build trust is through open, truthful communication. So being a master of open, truthful communication helps with the relationships, right? The age of relationships helps with the age of now because you can go faster, helps with the shieldless global transparency because you've got to move because people find out the truth. And it also helps confront self-righteousness. You know, it's interesting as I hear you describe those. It's On the one hand, the lack of transparency, openness, uh, availability, if you will, uh, creates challenges inside an organization, yet we're rapidly becoming a society where everything is open and available. I mean, your window is open, your curtains are open, and we're doing it willingly. I mean, over the Internet and all of the tools that are available, we put all of that information out there willingly about who we are and what we do and those kinds of things. Then inside of an organization, uh, like you said, the old school leader is a guy who's trying to hold his cards very close to his vest. And you're, you're really coming up against, I would assume, some significant generational conflict just based on that one aspect aspect of communication alone. Yeah, that is true. There's a certain generational stuff that we can talk about. But you know what I've found, Kelly, is people like to blame uh, generations for uh, Generation Y and X and all this stuff. Look, they're people. I don't know about you, um, but when I was young, but I did a, you know, I acted in a lot of the ways that they describe. And so, and you know what? And I hire young people, and they're fantastic. Of course. And the thing is, if you hire right, it's good. So people have a tendency to blame, you know, generations or blame whatever. But you know, people are people, and yes, we differ. But they offer an advantage. And you might say, well, what would a young person offer an advantage? Well, they see things in a fresh pair of eyes. Yeah, I mean, have you ever sat through something or looked at something and you can't figure out a solution? But somebody who doesn't know much about your organization sees the issue and they come up with an idea that's brilliant because they don't know. So sometimes lack of experience is an advantage. But the point is, are we utilizing and what's our return on investment on our folks? If you think about it this way, a company's biggest investment, biggest asset is usually the most costly thing is employees, right? Mm -hmm. It's usually the biggest thing. So what's your return on investment on relationships? How are you managing it? And back to the transparency point, which you raised, which is a really good point, is, you know, I, I am saying, of course, that people find out the truth faster than ever. But for some reason, they block the truth from sometimes people up above or down below. Right. And so in the end, people do find out the truth. Good example of this is I had a company that I was brought into because it was all messed up. They had done these layoffs, but they had lied to their employees and said, look, there were not going to be any layoffs because they didn't want to lose their best people. Well, you know, people heard through the grapevine that, you know, there were going to be layoffs. Sure enough, there were layoffs. The company then said, okay, we're done with the layoffs. And guess what happened? The people who remained, who were the best, they left. 
because they, they, they realized, you know, you can't trust this company. So they had heard through the grapevine anyway, but now it got confirmed that these leaders already knew that there were going to be layoffs. This is why with Age of Shieldless Global Transparency, what we need to do is we need to be the first out of the gate. So it's old school to say as a leader, you know what, we're coming up with this organization, there's going to be a reorg, and we're going to lay off people, but we've got to do it right, we'll do it all this way, and we want to do it right, but we say, well, I'm going to figure this all out, and then we'll announce it. That's old school. Yeah, You've that is old school. Fast. Stephen Gaffney, Gaffney.com. Find him on Twitter, Stephen underscore Gaffney. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. We've got 30 seconds. Stephen, tell us about uh, the ebook giveaway. Absolutely. So if they go to my website, justbehonest.com, justbehonest.com, and they send me an email that they listen to your show and they use the information that we talked about, oh, that's all they have to do. Send us an email, mention your show, and we'll send them the ebook of Just Be Honest, which was the first book I wrote that has a, one of the most important distinctions we didn't get a chance to talk about of notice versus imagine that'll help you be upfront with anybody in your life. All they need to do is mention your show, email me, at, and they go to justbehonest.com, my website. They'll find our email address. Send it, mention your show, and we'll send them that ebook for free. That's great stuff. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm looking forward to having you on on a regular basis as we're going to talk about communication, all of the impact that it has on organizations and salespeople and entrepreneurs, marketing messages. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. Really looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us in the locker room. Thanks for having me. Very good. We're going to take our final time out. We'll come back on the other side. Mr. Miles Austin, my good buddy from Seattle, will join us. We'll do the X's and O's segment and we're talking about video and how you can produce high-quality video with the simplest of tools right there in your office. Stay with me. I'm Kelly Riggs, your host. This is the Business Locker Room on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the Business Locker Room. Welcome back to the Business Locker Room. I'm Kelly Riggs. Send me a message, kelly at bizlockerroom.com. Encourage you to check out our website, obviously, bizlockerroom.com. And follow me on Twitter as well, at Kelly Riggs. 
We start with the X's and O's segment with our, my good friend Miles Austin, brought to you, by the way, by 4D Sales, one of the cool, very useful tools that you can find, if, especially if you're in sales. It is an iPad-based or tablet-based tool that you can use for your salespeople to put everything that they need in a sales call at their fingertips. It is, it is the way to do sales presentations today. Now that you have all of these various forms of media available to you, imagine a tool that puts them all together in one place, and with just one click, you can email them, you can let them see live videos, live websites, PDFs, brochures, you can make all of that available in a way that's just so easy to demonstrate your company, your product, and their capabilities. And if you're a sales manager or an owner of a company, the really nice benefit is that you can ensure that all of your people always have the latest iterations of everything available to them, just like they would if they were in the office themselves. So 4dsales.com, you want to make sure you check out that powerful tool and that your salespeople have something that they can use that will increase their productivity and their ability to close sales. Mr. Miles Austin joins us in the locker room. Great to have you, Miles. How are you doing? Doing great, bud. Sounds like we got 30 seconds left, so everyone just pick up your phones, hit the button, record, and we're done. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn on the video and, well, no, wait a minute. We're, we're not in that mode, are we? Hey, we've been talking about video, and I'm excited about it because you've uh, introduced us to, to some tools that I can use with my smartphone or my iPhone, uh, tripods and microphones and those kinds of things. And, by the way, we want to tell the folks that are listening, you can find all of those and where to order them through Amazon on the website, go to bizlockerroom.com, go to the top nav bar and look for the Business Locker Room radio show. Scroll down to resources, click on it, and you'll find all of the information that Miles has made available. This week we want to talk about, we finally have got some video, Miles. We have some video, and we want to start doing some things with it. We, and you have got some fantastic apps on tap for us, so let's just jump right in the middle of it. What, what would I be doing post-production-wise after I've got some video on tap? Well, you know, actually, that's really where the magic is. That's very, I find, is where the fun begins because now that you've got some raw footage, if you will, it's putting it together that can really make the impact because that's where you have everything from effects to combinations to music. So you can put all this together in a way that's pretty compelling based upon what your purpose is, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'd say is don't forget that pretty much everything you do with your camera can be integrated into video all on your iPhone. So let me use an example. Maybe you've got five or six or ten photos of customers talking about like a testimonial kind of thing or maybe a tour of your of your home office and the people that are behind the scenes. Take a simple photo of each of those people um, in whatever setting is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go in and you're going to use a tool on your iPhone. You're going to download called Animoto, A-N-I-M-O-T-O. Okay. And what you do is you'll simply open up Animoto. You'll select from your camera roll the, the photos on, that you want to use on your camera. You'll select them by just using a little click. You know, you touch them and select them. Right. It, Animoto will then... Put them all together in a string, in a sequence that you desire and you select. It'll give you a list of music that you can pick from that's already um, paid for. It's, you know, it's all authorized, legit stuff. And it will then adjust. It'll put it all together, build transitions for each of those photos, put music to it, save it as a video file, cut off the music to 
to be the same as the start and the end. So you don't have to deal with it. So you literally can take 8, 10, 12, 200, if you want to, photos, and it will take those photos, turn it into video that's very compelling, very entertaining to watch, um, and add some audio and some video, I mean, some uh, video clips as well if you choose to. So that's one way to do it. You can actually build a video without ever taking a video clip in your life. But let's assume that you've done some video now and you've got maybe a client that is talking to you about how great you are and the services you provide. You've recorded right off of your iPhone video camera. Right. The most common way to use the next step of this is to bring that in to Apple's own product called iMovie. Okay. And iMovie will allow you to cut the front and the back and edit out pieces in the middle that maybe are a repeat or maybe there was a problem or you want to redo something. You just keep filming the whole thing and you'll go in and just cut out the pieces you don't want. There's actually an additional add-on product to iMovie that I've used quite a bit, especially on the fly, and that's a product called Intro Designer. And what Intro Designer does is it is a bunch of pre-made intros and outros uh, that you can then add to your movie with some really cool effects and things. So it looks like you were in the studio and you had all these great entrance um, you know, scenes and it goes through and at the end it'll wrap it up and kind of wind it down on the backside in a very effective way. So, so iMovie... You just, you just create your own wrapper for your movie. Exactly right. And you can do it again. The, the beauty of all these things we're sharing is you can do all of it from your phone. So you don't have to go back to a computer or have more expensive editing software if you choose not to, or if you just don't have the time to do it. Well, I think that's where a lot of people, uh, Miles, kind of fall off the wagon. You know, I, I can take my camera and I can set it up and I can, I can shoot some raw video. Now you're talking about transferring it back into my Mac. Okay, I can do that. I'm sure the same tools apply. I'm a Mac guy, so I assume the same tools apply on, uh, on the uh, Windows 8 devices. But, man, when you start thinking about trying to make it look, quote-unquote, professional and all that, that's where a lot of people really lose their nerve. What you're saying is is that with Intro Designer, in a, in a few simple techniques in iMovie, it, it, it really takes away a lot of the problems. You can absolutely, you can actually eliminate the need to have to go back to a desktop computer or a laptop of some sort to do the editing. Now, again, You mean in you a lot can of, do all of that editing right in your iPhone? All of it. Wow, all of that's, that's it. incredible. Using, yep. Absolutely. So it's it's a great piece, and that's kind of the standard for a lot of folks. But let me give you a couple other ones that are a little bit more fun to play with. Okay. Um, the brand new iPhone six and six plus have uh, specifically the six plus has image stabilization in it. But one of the challenges, if you're outside or you're doing any kind of a walking interview or something, is a little bit of the shake. No matter how how solid you can be, if you're holding it in your hands. Now, if right. you've got Followed my advice and bought the portable tripod and the little mount for right, your uh, for your phone. Right, no issue. But if you don't always have it available or something spontaneous happens, there's a great app you can use called Dolly Cam. D O L L Y C A M. Okay. And what Dolly Cam is? There's a term within the the video profession. There's these dollies that they have on uh, video on uh, movie sets and things and they're basically little, I call them little railroad tracks sure. and they have a little mounted dolly that goes back and forth and slides so you have some movement what dolly cam does is it replicates that by adding some video uh, stabilization and it actually gives you the ability to scan or to move and it takes off the jitters and the little bumps that you get along the way 
So if you're in an outside setting or you're going to have movement and you're not in a fixed position with your tripod and your mount, dolly cam is one to look into. Wow, um, that's that, that, you're really taking you're really taking all the the difficulty out of it. You know, you're gonna sounds like we're putting the video people out of business. Cause clearly, that's not true, but it certainly does make it easy for the average business person or salesperson. It, it does, and I think that's the whole point here. Is the, the the thing is, we want to encourage you to use video. Forget the excuses. Forget the hurdles. Forget the oh, I can't do it or it's too advanced. It's there. It's real. It's live. And the most important message is. Try it. I think you're really going to be surprised. Surprised, Kelly. Let me give you one more that is is one of those really hey, fun. I've only apps. got about thirty seconds. Just check out Cinegram. C i n e m a g r a m. Cinemagram. Cinemagram. Okay. And that's it's an one, app. And that's an app that you can get as well. Yes, and it, what it does, it gives you a, a physical photo that's a video, but you you touch where, what part you want to have moving. It turns the rest into a frozen thing. So you see like a picture of some escalators. You can freeze everything and just have the escalators moving. It's a really a great effect that really gets the attention if you're doing your own video. Uh, good stuff, Miles. Hey, we'll talk more about it next week. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Business Locker Room. That's going to do it for our show today. Special thanks to Stephen Gaffney, to Brandy Jackson, our executive producer, and Kevin Gaffman for making us sound great on the other side of the glass. We'll be back next week in the Business Locker Room on Voice America. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.